Welcome to episode number 72 of the Church Collective Podcast. In this episode, I had the opportunity to talk with Mikey from Seventh Time Down, which is a really cool band, and uh, we had a great conversation about how Christ is really more important than anything that we can do. It's really been one of the themes that we've been hitting in our conferences and on the site this year especially is that whatever you're doing as a worship leader, as a musician, it's all got to come from a heart that's just chasing after God. So here we go with the Church Collective Podcast, episode number 72. Yeah, we're a band called Seven Time Down, and, and uh, we like to write songs uh, that we hope will inspire people to respond like Jesus consistently in their day-to-day lives. Um, obviously, the album's called God is on the Move, and that's something we believe and we hold true to our hearts that God's on the move in 2015, um, just the same as He's always been, and He's working through His people. And I guess that's the thing, man. We just want to encourage people to, to, you know, take a step in that direction, man, to do something for the kingdom, to impact their school, their workplace, their home, their marriage, their relationship um, for Christ. And we hope those songs do that. What have you guys been seeing so far? The musical style on this album, God is on the Move, is probably the biggest departure um, from what people would think seventh time down is going to sound like in terms of just you know stylistically sounding but for us it was just a natural progression of where we were headed as artists and musicians and as a band and jesus followers and husbands and fathers you know we're all growing up we're getting older it's it's a lot more fun and more intriguing and easier for us to pick up an acoustic guitar and write a song as it is to plug into a full mesa boogie triple rec stack and write a riff and drop b you know so it's it's just changing you know i'm not the same angry teenager i once was you know yeah maybe (laughs) speak speak to a little bit like for for the the listeners like i'm talking to you while you're waiting to pick up your daughter maybe speak a little bit towards that uh how's how's that transition going what what's god been teaching you in it man it's great i mean people have been asking me you know with the record being titled god is on the move you know how am i seeing god on the move in my own life and for me, at 31 years old, uh, being a husband to an amazing wife and uh, a father to two beautiful daughters, seeing God on the move in the, in the heart of my five-year-old has been the most amazing experience. You know, when she comes home from school, I'm getting ready to pick her up. Um, when she comes home from school, two days ago, she was telling me, Dad, today in class, I got to share with Leland, my friend Leland, that... Um, what makes him awesome isn't his test score, but it's the fact that he's created in God's image. I've got a five-year-old telling other five-year-olds this in her school. And, you know, seeing God on the move in her life and in her heart, it's been unbelievable, you know. So it's made the transition of being a touring artist a little bit harder because, you know, they cry when I walk out the door. Dad, don't go, don't go. We don't want you to go. But it's been a faith grower for them and me because I get to say, well, you know, dad's going to go out and tell people about Christ and, and try to grow the church and different things. And, and that, you know, that makes it more bearable for them, you know, so it's cool. And me. Yeah. Maybe a, a lot of our audience tends to be younger worship leaders. Could you maybe have some advice for them? Like as somebody who's now in this new stage with kids, like you have any advice for the young guy who's just like way into the music, way into everything they're doing? How, how can they set themselves up to to move towards family life and, and do this transition well? Um, wow, that's a really <laughs> good question. I think I always go. I always go back to we have to find our self worth 
in Christ. We have to find our identity in Christ first. And, and that sounds like the most simple thing. Everybody's like, yeah, of course we do. But our lives uh, tell a different story. Um, we get more self-worth um, from how many Instagram likes our picture gets than we do in Jesus. And I'm guilty of it myself. You know, I look at my photo like, oh, man, wonder how come that one didn't get a thousand likes or whatever, you know. And it just comes from a lack of identity and a lack of self-worth in Christ. And I think so for people in general, and it's something I speak over my daughters every single day, like we have to find, we have to have an urgency when it comes to finding our self-worth and our identity in Jesus. Because then all of a sudden, um, the style of music we're leading people in worship to, or the style of music our band plays, or the Instagram page or the kind of sneakers we wear to school, you know, all these things start to take a back seat because we are finding our self-worth in the correct thing. And then all of a sudden we're able to keep everything else in its proper place, which is below and behind our relationship with Christ. That's good stuff. So talk a little bit, what, where's your, your home church there? What's, what's your involvement in church? Yeah, right now, um, my wife and two girls were going to a church called uh, Northside Church uh, here in Mount Vernon. Now, the tricky part is for me, being a touring musician, is that last year I did 180 concerts, most of those being on Fridays and Saturdays. And unfortunately, I just cannot get home on Sundays as much as I would like. So for me, what Sunday looks like a lot of times is Sunday night, I'm doing a concert. So Sunday morning, my wife and I are doing different podcasts or we're doing different sermon series uh, through iPhone apps. Um, and, you know, our kids are watching VeggieTales or whatever it is, you know, to stay connected spiritually to one another. And we just try to stay on the same page and stay on top of that. And we have to be intentional with it because it would be real easy to be like, oh, my gosh, I had a late show on Saturday. And, you know, the kids stayed up late, you know, watching movies or whatever. And we're just we're not going to watch our sermon or that, you know, whatever it is, man, it's just real easy to, to yeah. let that stuff slip when you're involved in ministry because you're the one used to, to ministering to people. Right. You said so real easy to, to let our cup get dry because we don't go get filled up on Sunday. So for us, it's just being real intentional with, uh, technology, you know, making sure we're using that for sermons and church services. And, you know, we use the Bible app and all these different things. And, and it keeps us connected spiritually. It keeps us connected as a family, and it's really been priceless, honestly, to use that stuff out on the road. Yeah, no, that, that's huge, and it's it's amazing how, um, especially just church worker worship leaders. I, I had a mentor of mine at one point told me that he, if he had to guess, he talks with worship leaders all the time, and he's like, I, I bet most worship leaders probably crack their Bible open for twenty minutes a month, if that. And it's just like it, it's it's a weird balance how we can do so much ministry but not actually connect with the Bible. So so on that vein, could you maybe give some practical advice, like how uh, what would you tell? the young worship leader that's just doing ministry and they feel like they're doing everything for God, but you know, maybe this podcast is kind of convicting them a little bit. Like, you know what? I didn't actually read my Bible for a week. So, <laughs> Yeah, no, dude, I totally get it. I've been there, done that more times than I care to say. And I like your use of the word practical because in my life, the big spiritual stuff, the big spiritual revelations and revolutions and, and big spiritual steps that I've taken it always starts with like just practical steps to get me towards the end goal. Um, so again, I think um, I think it's just being intentional with your time. 
you know, knowing that we all have the same amount of time. We all get 24 hours in a day. You and I get no less or more time. And yeah, granted, we might be, one of us might be a little more busy one day and one might be a little less busy the next. But it's just being intentional with those moments and really making sure you find the time to to carve out, to get into the Bible. And um, in my life, I know when I look back and see the times where I've been slipping, I can almost always put a finger on it. Well, that was the day that I stopped reading the Bible for X amount of days. Hmm. It just always goes back to that, you know. Um, so, yeah, I guess I hope that answers your question. Yeah. You know, just be more intentional with your time. Right. Do, do you feel like sometimes um – I know this uh, the answer for me, but but for you, like, do you feel like sometimes even that personal devotion time, it's more you just got to work on having it be part of the habit, and you you won't necessarily get like this amazing revelation every time you crack it open. But but there's really a discipline to doing it. Yes, absolutely, and there's power in that repetition. You yeah. know, um, I think you know we can all learn something from that. Um, you know what. <laughs> And I used to always say this too, on uh, when I because I used to lead worship a lot too, and and I you know still leading worship is a big part of what I do, not necessarily on a corporate level, but um, you know it used to say like we we sing today for those who feel who don't feel like singing that because tomorrow we may be the ones that don't feel like singing and we hope they can sing for us, you know what I mean? So yeah. there's power that discipline of just submitting to one another and saying, man, even though I don't feel like this today, I'm just going to do it anyway. You know what I mean? There's power in that repetition. And, and I think God sees the heart in that too, you know? Um, yeah. So yeah, that's, that's good. That's encouraging. Yeah. So, um, let's talk about the, the new album a little bit. What, any standout moments in the recording process? Oh man, this, this whole process was one big, uh, you know, just learning experience for me because I was very fortunate and blessed enough to get to produce six out of the 11 songs on this album. And so I was, I was very much attached to like every fiber of the process, you know? Um, so for me, it was just, it was all just an amazing learning experience. You know, I was very blessed to be in a band of guys that trusted me to do that, uh, to produce those six songs and to be on a label that trusted me to do that. I was very fortunate. Um, but no, I mean, it, the writing process is always amazing, you know, because the songs always come out of just good conversation. You know, I think great songs always come out of just great conversation. Um, so the writing process was really awesome, but as far as just learning, you know, I got to learn so much this time from guys like Ian Escalin and Tony Wood, and Jason Ingram and, uh, Mike Payne on guitars, you know, just all these guys sewing into me as an artist and as a, you know, fellow believer doing music ministry. And, uh, see, dude, just the whole process was such a highlight for me. I, I can't say enough about it. It was, it was so much fun. Yeah. So here's the fun question. Which, what's the best song on the album? Oh man, I knew you were gonna ask that. What's the best song? Man, that's such a relative them, yeah. <laughs> that's a relative term. Um let's see. You know, a, a good friend a friend of mine, we'll say a friend of mine, uh I once heard him say that we have to stop looking at songs and songwriting as building an economy for ourselves and building a pocketbook for ourselves, but viewing songs as we're just tossing out life rafts to hurting people, to drowning people in hopes that they can grab a hold and we can help pull them in, you know? So I think that's how I measure a great song now. Um, it is 
you know, by how many, how big the life raft is, you know, if that makes sense. Yeah. So for me, there's a song on the album called Lean On, and it came from a place where we were touring for, oh my gosh, probably a good month straight out to California. And we drove like 37, 38 hours through the night, through the day, through the night again uh, to get home kissed my wife's, had breakfast with my girls, and then I had to turn right back around drive to Nashville to write this last song. And it was kind of like that that gray cloud, you know, hanging over my head. I just knew that I had to do this when I got back home, and I didn't want to do it. Mm. And I remember walking into my buddy's house who we were co-writing a song with, and I told him, I said, man, I don't think I have a song left in me, man. Like, I'm tired, I'm exhausted, I want to go home. And we're going to have to lean on the Lord to give us a song, because if we don't, I don't have one today. Yeah. And I remember my friend saying, man, I'm exactly where you're at. I'm exhausted. I'm empty. But I think there's a song in that. You know, if we could just learn to lean on Christ first and go to Him first, because His love is everlasting. His arms are everlasting. Hmm. And going to Him first and leaning on Him for for understanding and, and strength and songs. And uh, he said, I think there's a song in that. So that day, there was a really honest, um, just honest song, man, about just trying to connect with other believers. Like, I know how you feel, man, when you've tried so hard, but it still doesn't feel like it's enough. Yeah, you know, it's kind of one of the opening lines. And, and just encouraging people, you know, if, if we can lean on the everlasting arms of Jesus, like everything's going to be okay. Yeah. And I think that song is going to impact people because it has impacted me sure and um so that one to me i would say is the best song on the album cool and that that speaks to like we were talking about the discipline of studying the bible the discipline of worshiping like there's also a discipline in just songwriting and just opening up to what god does even if you don't feel like it and absolutely yeah he worked on your heart there and and had the, the new song come out that's cool yeah, man, I'm excited about that one. That'll probably be this. Let's see, the singles out right now is called Promises, and then we'll probably go into Guys on the Move, and then Lean On will probably be the next one. So, awesome. yeah, it's gonna be good. Well, cool. So, how can people get in touch with you guys? What, what's coming up for you? Oh man, we're going out on the Promises tour this fall with a band called The Never Claim on Radiate Music, and then a band called Manic Drive out of Canada. And uh, we're going to be on tour with them all fall. And, uh, dude, we're going to the Philippines to do some missions work. Mm. Uh, we're going to go to Hawaii after that and do a little, do a few shows and maybe a couple of vacation days down there. It's going to be a good fall, man. So I encourage everybody to come see us. We're going to be playing all the new music, God is on the Move, Revival, Lean On, Promises. It's going to be a good show, high-energy show. Um, we, we love making new friends. We love having fun. But most importantly, we love experiencing christ with people all over the country all over the world so looking forward to doing that this fall with as many people as god sees fit to put in front of us so that's awesome thanks for listening to this week's episode as always head over to the churchcollective.com and connect with us we want to connect with you and connect you with others god bless